Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! everyone and welcome to our World Test Championship edition of Two Slips in a Gully. That is right, the first, the inaugural uh, World Test Championship has come to a close and our friends from over the ditch have taken away the World Test Championship mace. So a big congratulations from Two Slips in a Gully to the Team New Zealand and what a phenomenal victory, a well-deserved victory in the World Test Championship final. Joining me in the celebrations are Captain Gary. Hi, guys. And, of course, Glenn. Hello, all. Um, so, yeah, we were pretty stoked to uh, to watch that one. It was on at uh, very late o'clock over in Australia, and even mm-hmm. later o'clock in New, New Zealand. Zealand. So, yeah. uh, um, so it was good to watch. I sat up and watched the uh, the sixth day, so the reserve day, unfortunately, had to be taken into... Yep. Into account because of all of the weather disruptions and thank um, goodness they had a six oh my day. god yes <laughs> and just some some fantastic cricket played by New Zealand and some fantastic cricket played by India it was wasn't a one sided affair by any stretch of the imagination it was a uh, it was a great mm-hmm. it was a great test considering that two two whole days were washed out and probably over the other well the other parts of the test match it was probably another day lost. Yeah. In terms yeah, of rain, rain delays, they managed to play some gripping cricket <laughs> the when they light, were. The light. It's such an annoying rule. Yes. That they they set the. Uh, anyway, let's let's not talk about that. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. It's a whole topic, though. Um, so, finishing yeah. off the inaugural World Test Championship, we'll of course be speaking about uh, what happened, what took place in the final, and what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, we'll move on from there. We're going to share some of our. Favourite performances from players over the course of the entire World Championship, the two-year cycle, which is, um, you know, it was marred by, you know, obviously being the, the first, the, the first, all the growing pains of being the first, not to mention COVID happening in between, which 
through everything into disarray. Um, yep. So yes, we'll share a couple of our performances each of what we enjoyed, and then we'll have a look at uh, what we liked about the tournament as a concept and what we change, if there's anything that we would change, and where the World Test Championship goes from here. Mm. So all of that cricket goodness is coming up right after this. Leg stump, that will it! What a wonderful shot to bring it up on as well. What a moment for Michael Clark. Not just as a player, but as a captain here on his home ground. So we've got the World Test Final all done and dusted. New Zealand, the deserved winners after, well, as they talked about in the final, probably a 10-year journey to get from the low point when they were bundled out for 50-odd against South Africa to being, well, unquestionably the best rendition of the team that New Zealand's ever produced. Like, this is by far New Zealand's best generation for cricketers. Mm, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they've, uh, they came in and really bossed the final. I mean, I, I, I sat back looking at this going that, you know, it looked a bit of a to and fro, but I have a feeling the weather played a big part in keeping this as close as what it was. Um, New Zealand bundled India out for 217. Um, India bowled very well to restrict uh, New Zealand to 249. And then on the in the third innings, which largely took place in the morning of the sixth day, really at that point, India really needed to think, well, let's be honest, we're only going to get out of this with a draw. We're mm. not going to set a target that we can then take 10 wickets. Yeah. So let's just bat New Zealand out of the game and then we'll just see what happens. If it does a bit in the afternoon, we might get lucky. But there were some really poor dismissals from some players that should know, like um, Coley and Pujara were uh, really, they started the morning and their dismissals were very soft. Yeah. Yeah, you could say oh. you could say soft. Soft's a right well, they, they they got out to ball that they didn't have to play at. Yeah, and that's sure. that's rule number one in England. You've got to be good at leaving. Um, um, Rahane was unlucky. He choked one down the leg side, and then Richard yeah. Pant just thought, "Well, I'll just swing the bat at everything." <laughs> yeah, and they just didn't they didn't criticise him for it either. They were just sort of like, uh, I mean, the commentary that I was listening to at least. We're just like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of how he plays, yeah, the, the, and he's done it like three or four times. Well, just, just like not even just like going down the pitch trying to drive. That's fine, I reckon. If you're going down the pitch, you got to try and drive. But he was running down the pitch and just hacking at the ball across the line. You could yeah. see what was going to happen. Well, the very next ball after he got out, um, Ashwin then booming cover drive for one that was floated it outside off stump and he's hit it straight to second slip and I'm like surely yeah. with 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 punt going down these guys have just got to go into into lock it up mode mm. and just play time just make sure New Zealand don't have enough time to chase the runs yeah and, I mean like like run scoring was still important at that point because everyone sort of I mean the the, the example of shutting up shop and it going wrong uh, is Adelaide 07. Yeah. Or 06, I think. Um, but by the same token, you've got to be able to bat time as well. Like, if, if you're batting for a draw, they just did it in the wrong way. I don't. I just don't know what their their plan was at the beginning of that morning. Surely coming out of that, their, that plan has got to be, let's make sure New Zealand can't win this yeah. and we'll see what we can manufacture after that. So they go mm. out and just you know, set themselves a platform and, you know, get themselves into a reasonable position at lunchtime, 
you know, not lo- losing too many wickets and giving New Zealand a sniff. And then if you're in a decent position, then you can go and sort of, th- you know, throw yeah. a bit of, throw a bit of, you know, throw the bat a bit and try and put on a target and maybe give yourself, you know, 50, 60 overs to try and mm. bowl New Zealand out. But at that point, it was just, well, they ended up setting 140. Yeah. 139 and, New Ze- and all the initiative was with New Zealand. Like yeah. 140 is not enough to to defend. No. Um, Unless absolutely everything goes right. So you like you just needed to rip through New Zealand and New Zealand didn't really have any scoreboard pressure. They could afford to, to sit on it and wait and just like knew they had enough time yeah. to chase down the run. I found it a they, very... They made a go of it. Like they got three early wickets. Two. Um, they only they got um, Latham and Conway, but they still batted for. I'm oh, sorry, two. Yeah, for forty balls and forty, well, forty, nearly fifty balls each. Yeah. Before Ashwin got them, so like, and that's the thing they they set themselves up. They saw off the new ball. They did what Open was supposed to. It was Ashwin that ended up getting them. Mm. Um, Gosh, Latham looks awful against Ashwin. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> he's going to have to. I mean, he's, he's got a good record so far, but he's, he's going to have to work on his spin play. Yeah, well, he's not going to face too much spin, hopefully, being an opening batsman, but no, yeah, it was true. pretty ordinary. Yeah. I mean, it just was a really perplexing way to go about it. Like, it didn't really look like a, it was a, a sound strategy to try to win the game, no. and there was no plan about saving it. It was just almost like, well, the game's done, let's just... And they, they knew that they've got a 9-10 jack of... Uh... Ishant Sharma, Shami, and uh, Boomra. Who are not going to... That tail's uh, not going to wag. They're like you to average 10. Yeah. Um, You're not counting on that tail to wag. Total. <laughs> well, they're not quite that bad, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so but full credit from New Zealand. New Zealand were coming into day six or the final day knowing that likely the only results were going to be a New Zealand victory or a draw. Yeah, and they took the game by the scruff of the neck, and they bowled really tight lines. I, I and... thought Ravi Jadeja was a really big wicket. That, I mean, the, I know that Wagner only got the one, but it was when he went around the wicket and uh, sort of roughed him up a bit, and then got the angled ball and he, he nicked it. Well, I thought for mine, uh, Ajinka Rahane was when that wicket went down, and it was just sort of out of nowhere. It was just a lazy sort of, you know. Leg side strangle when that wicket yeah. went down. I'm like, well, the that's it. the The gates are open now. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I, I guess I, because he he was at the other end for Pant, he was able to rein him in. Yeah, but like the, the kid should be able to rein himself in. It's not like he's that new to Test cricket. I, I understand he's got a, usually got a job in Test cricket, but yeah, time and a place, mate. Time and place. <laughs> oh, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna try and change him too much. He's a young man. He's only 23. And how many amazing fourth innings um, in this World Chess Championship yeah, but... alone have we seen him? So you're gonna have to take the good with the bad. Mm. What Richard Pant's got to uh, um, where he's got to grow from here is that you know it's not so much the put away your attacking shots. Play your attacking game. That's that's how you're comfortable. Yeah. You turn the tide based on that. But the ones you've got to put away are just the garbage skip down the track, hack to the leg sides that he was trying to do to, yeah. to the ball. Absolutely. Like, you've got enough shots in your arsenal that you don't need to be getting yourself into trouble. And, that, and that's not how score. he played. That's not how, how he played in Australia. No, it very very much it was not like that. You he played ve- very... I wouldn't say traditional because there's nothing really about Richard Pant that's traditional, no. but it was more circumspect. It was more deliberate. It was more... The risks that he took had, had payoff. 
Yeah, yeah. the right payoff. And and they were medium risk, high reward sort of things. Like yeah. they weren't just skip down and just flail wildly at it and then see what happens. That they were, you know, you know, uppercuts over the slips to short balls and you know ramp shots and things like things that were. It was a controlled risk, and so I yeah. think that's. I think that's going to be that's going to be his ticket. That's going to be his you know how he butters his bread is going to be that guy that is just like our Gilchrist that he's just mm. going to come in and you know that if you get it wrong, yeah, he's going to flay you. Matt Pryor, Brad Haddon, that kind of player. Yeah, obviously a lot better than both of those guys were <laughs> at that particular job. Um, <laughs> but I think that's going to be his role. You're going to see this Rishab Hunt more than not. But I think what Rishab needs to work on from here is not so much shot selection, but just when to be that aggressor and when just to fall back on his... Uh, his are we of, being unfair in, in blaming him? Should it uh, oh, come Rishab Hunt is not the guy that lost the game for India. Yeah. But just his mode of dismissal was the one that it really sticks out in your mind. Like He was a guy that found batting the easiest out of any of the Indian mm. batsmen. And um, and then just sort of threw it away. But no, right at the top is where you've got to look at. It. I mean, Coley's was Coley's was innocuous. Pajara's was innocuous. Mm-hmm. Rahane's was innocuous. Unlucky, but it was innocuous. Yeah. Um, and those are your three big guns mm-hmm. in your middle order. And both, all of those guys essentially gifted their wickets to New Zealand on, in, on a big stage. Yeah. Do you um, think? Because because when we first looked at the uh, Indian lineup that they picked for that. Uh, I remember we both said it. I said, "Oh, look, it's it's pretty strong. They got all bases covered, but they're, I think they're a bit short on batting." Yeah, because all the articles were like, "Oh, is this this the strongest Indian team ever?" And you know, sports journalists like like going on about the greatest ever. Yeah, they've got this this fixation with the greatest ever. It, it doesn't always have to be the greatest ever. For it to be good. Oh, look, it was you know, an, like, it's an incredibly strong side. That yeah. side, most places would be incredibly competitive. Incredibly competitive. Yeah. Um, you know, had two two elite spinners. They've got three quicks mm-hmm. and they've got... But, but did they need the second spinner, do you think? I don't think... I think they probably could have gone they with... They could have gone with a specialist batsman. Bat and then gone Pant at seven. And then Pant can play like that all he wants. But when, if you're batting at six... I think you've got to show a bit more responsibility. Yeah, I think so too. I thought that. I thought there may be a batsman lot. Um, yeah. But especially when it turned out that really spin wasn't a factor in the game at all. Mm. Um, I never thought it would have been, though. Yeah, I, I thought. But Jadeja is one yeah, of the best. He's very good. One of the best players going around. So if you've got a spot for him, you'd pick him. And, like, he's been pretty good with the bat over the last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd still probably think that they needed to make way to one if, of those. If, if, if you've was... got conditions like that and your seamers don't get it done, the problem is not that you didn't have another spinner. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's that you, you haven't got the right seamers. And I think, yeah. I mean, to a degree, I, I don't think Boomerang's quite bounced back from his long injury. I don't think he's as, as dangerous they as he was. They weren't really conditions that suit the Indian bowlers. I mean, I know that like none of the the Indian quicks are really renowned for swinging the ball a great deal. No. Sharm is probably the one that's the most consistent swinger of the ball, but they all very much move the ball off the seam, and it just wasn't quite yeah. that sort of wicket. The overhead conditions certainly favoured swing. I think that I saw a stat coming up after the first sort of twenty odd overs of India of New Zealand's first batting innings that the 
when New Zealand bowled, they had almost three times as many as much swing in terms of degrees of movement. So, right. um, do you think they could have gone with uh, Kumar? I don't think he was healthy. Right. I don't know why. I think that was one of the reasons he wasn't picked. He wasn't actually fit to play. Just, just one of those like horses for courses selections. Mm. I know he's probably getting on a little bit too now. And but hind- like hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean that bowling attack there, quicks. You know, Shammy. Ishant and and Boomer, you would say that that's, on, that's, on, on, paper, on paper that's their yeah. best that's their best three quicks to get a job done, and you would True. think that there's enough help with the juke ball and the overhead conditions that should have been enough. Yeah. Um, but but that was yeah, I thought that was really telling statistic that Southie Bolts, Jameson, and those guys had almost three times as much swing in terms of degrees well, of movement. Yeah, 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 where they come from too, I, I mean. Oh like, yeah, they yeah. suited the New Zealand bowlers down on the ground. Yeah. Um, and speaking of New Zealand bowlers, so these are the guys that really helped get the job done. Um, Kyle Jamison, Gary, he has taken to test cricket like a fish in water. Yeah. Why, why would you leave that guy out? <laughs> <laughs> now, do not listen to the previous episode. Yeah, yeah, don't listen to that one. Somebody was wrong. Glenn made me say it. I'm just going to say yeah. it. Um, well, uh, Jamison's figures were astronomically amazing. Um uh, it's he. He looks like a little bit like a, um, uh, like a Pat Cummins sort of prequel, maybe. He looks like he's a bit taller than Pat. Do you know what I, what he looks like? He looks like the henchman for a Nazi bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy, yeah. like you know, there's like Indiana Jones and all the, yeah. all the Bond ones where there's just like this. Giant blonde, look like he's been chiseled out of stone. Yeah, and like you hit him in the chest, well, and then I'm, they're gonna look at their hand and go, "Ow!" Like that's what he looks like. The guy is, got, yeah, yeah. Mongous. So he's, he 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 should either be a henchman or he should be about to um, take on Rocky in, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> They've kind of got a, an attack full of those kind of guys because I've heard Neil Wagner like described as a as Bond villain as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his his figures were amazing. Yeah. Well, he picked up five for thirty in the first innings, and then two for not many at all in the second. Yeah, but he's bowling like thirty overs for twenty five, thirty runs. Yeah, like, going for no runs at all. Like so one and a half runs and over or something. Two for thirty off twenty four in the second innings, and two five for thirty one off twenty two. So yeah, so it was rubbish bowling clearly. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what, like yeah. the guy looks like he's got more pace to give as well. Like he's bowling comfortably in that sort of high one thirties mm. with that, you know, the you know, the bounce and obviously the ball movement he get. He's averaging, what, 14 for his first 40-odd wickets that he's got yeah. in Test Cricket. If he adds a yard of pace, gets somewhere hovering around 145, mm. you know, the mid-142, you know, 143, that's his comfortable operating pace, so that sort of Josh Hazelwood sort of area. Man, that guy is going to be scary. He could really challenge Hadley as being... Um, New Zealand's Jeez, best bowler. That's a big call. That's a yeah. massive. Well, there was a coach that came out that said that he's a better bowler than Hadley was at the same age. So he's certainly on the right career trajectory. Mm. Fair enough. Does that guy know? It was no. it was a New Zealand coach of someone who. Other... Yeah, but the coach is thirty five. I'm not... assuming that he is familiar. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's better than Hadley at that age. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, once he was terrible. <laughs> I'm assuming it's someone that is familiar with both players at that age, yeah. not just making a. 
No, but yeah. I, I, going forward, I think he's going to be a spearhead in that team if he continues the way he is. And yeah, that's not curse him because we all remember what happened to Shane Bond. <laughs> I loved Shane Bond. So um, no, but I think it's time that we bring we Russell Crowe, Kane Williamson, and Kyle Jamison. Yeah. Only time we do that. Yeah. When a Kiwi gets to a sufficient quality, we then claim them as Australians. Did, did we claim Russell Crowe? We absolutely. He was in Gladiator. We claimed him. Yeah, but then we gave him back. No, we bought the Rabbitohs. <laughs> That's why we gave him back. No, we'd love a guy that decides to buy his childhood favourite football team <laughs> and throw phones at people. Well, probably deserved it. He threw a sword at someone in Gladiator. We loved him for that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were entertained. He didn't. He, he couldn't save Tugger though. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bombarding people with pop culture nonsense about Russell Crowe. <laughs> uh, so moving forward from here, so um, a, a phenomenal achievement for New Zealand. That, um, like we've said many times in the past, this is a country. I think this is what we said in the last podcast. So there are a country where there's like 100 people in there and 90 of them follow rugby and the rest of them yeah. play cricket with a couple of South African ringings. Yeah, the other way around, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Devin Conway has, has made a big difference to that side. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And they've just, it, they're just a core group that's been together for ages. So you've got... Williamson, you've got Taylor, you've got um, Latham. You know, La- well, Latham's been around. He's probably one of the best openers in the world at the moment. Mm. Uh, you've got Bolt, you've got Southie that have been there forever. You've got well, actually Watling. BJ Watling. We shouldn't um, overlook this as his final test, so he went out on the, the highest of highs yeah. for, for BJ Watling. So, how do you celebrate that? With lots like, of beer. Yeah. I, I know, but like, how, how, do you, how do you have a celebration that lives up? to the event because like there is not a better way to retire from test cricket than winning the world test championship this is like the pinnacle of the greatest form of cricket ever well i suppose it might be for them like because i i if you if you had to said to us if we play cricket it's probably a like an action series win for us even yeah better than a test yeah. world test championship i i, I don't know if there's enough beers in the world <laughs> of good enough quality to live up to that occasion. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, this, like I said, this is a team that's been almost a decade in the making and they're constantly punching above their weight in terms of what you'd expect in terms of, you know, the population and, mm. you know, the money behind it and all that sort of stuff. And this New Zealand side, this plucky New Zealand side has been just right there nipping at the heels and, more often than not, outplaying some of the big guys, you know, us, England, India, South Africa, those guys, they've been, you know, just as good, if not better, than all of those teams for quite a few years. I think it's mm. really great to see. They must have their system worked out over there. That, um, just have really well, good cricket players. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be interesting just being, being the wet blanket a little bit. Like we said, there's a, um, a really great crop of players in here that have been there for a while. So Taylor, Southie, um, Bolt, Williamson. Those mm. sort of guys. It'll be interesting to see how the new generation of New Zealand cricketers come through because mm. those are some very big shoes to fill. Obviously, there's still plenty of cricket in, in a lot of those guys. Yeah. But um, They'll have it, their... it'll be interesting to see if this is a flash in the pan and then they're going to go back to being that sort of yeah. plucky underdog New Zealand side or if this really has turned the corner and now this is a sustainable sort cricketing of like, program. Sort of like our team after Warren McGrath. 
Langer. Yeah. Ponting kind yeah. of retired. Well, there's obviously going to be a step down, but we replace those guys with your Steve Smiths and your Hazelwoods and your Cummins and Michael Clark. And there was, yeah. you know, you could tell that there was a, a generation of players coming through that, you know, weren't quite as good as obviously the very, very greats of our game. But there was, mm. you know, there was an engine in place to, to bring players through. So yeah. have we gone through a purple patch of Kiwi cricket or have they now turned the corner and they've got the systems right and they're just going to keep churning out Well, I, talented I cricket hope players. it inspires uh, cricket to be more, uh, you know, more widely followed over there. Yeah, well, this is a team that they made the World Cup final yeah. 2015 and 19. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, one of them in 2019. <laughs> And then now they're the World Test Championship. So that's six years of sustained excellence at the highest level. So this is a mm. side that's not just, you know, they're not just on a, a, a on a freak run. Like they've they've it's, legitimately it's, developed yeah, into one of the best teams luck. going around. No, it's not luck. Yeah. Um, so if you live in New Zealand, get behind them because that's even that's if you amazing. don't, unless they're playing us, I'm all for New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Um, Sweet. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, maybe they need a better nickname than the Black Caps. Uh, well, Black Caps is all right. Black Caps is good. Just oh, in today's climate, I'm sure they probably need another one. But anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. There's nothing wrong with that. Their caps are the colour black. Yeah. Don't you be bringing any of this woke bullshit here. Oh, I'm not, I'm not woke. <laughs> so um, a big congratulations to New Zealand and a congratulations to India. They're, they're Really, they ran the gauntlet on... Um, on the World Test Championship, they were the form team the whole way through. They were streets ahead of everybody to begin with. Um, they came out here and, and solidified their their place, really, with a, a really gutsy series win over here. Dealt with England at home. Like, the, they were probably, arguably, the team to beat yeah. heading into the final, and um, and New Zealand did it. So, congratulations to India. They're going to be a, they're going to be a side that's going to be in the final. More often than not, they've got such a great uh, crop of players, and they've just got obviously got great systems bringing new players through, as as we saw last summer with their B and C grade sides yeah. more than a match for some of our very best. So, did did you see uh, Tim Payne went on uh, radio as well? Yes, he said and, that, and uh, he admitted that he was a little bit bitter about the fact that India had beaten us at home. Oh, he admitted that, did he? Yeah, he said... I thought yeah. you were talking about his, I think India will win comfortably. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he said that. And then when people called him on that, you know, like uh, he actually went on air and said, yep, I was wrong. And, uh, yeah, I probably was a little bit bitter about well, the fact Well, we said that as soon as he said it in the first but, place is he's just trying to justify yeah, that he got yeah, pants exactly. by the Indians. Yeah, team. yeah. <laughs> Pants. I like it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I what I do like about that is that he didn't just go, oh, well, you know, I'll just slink away. And, you know, he yeah, earned it. Yeah, he earned it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. This is why we love him as captain. This is why yeah. we're going to forgive him just one more time. Yeah. Don't do it to us in the ashes, though. You no. might have. There's only so much ashes, forgiveness that we've got. If he loses the ashes, that's a real. Like his legacy is a um, If we come out and lose the Ashes and he doesn't do something really stupid, yeah. then so be it. Oh, it, no, it if, is if, the way if it Tim is. Payne loses the Ashes, he'll retire. Yeah. 100%. He, like, should, he should retire anyway. He, it'll be over. He, the dream will be dead. <laughs> if yeah. he loses a series or two, seri- two series against India 
and at then um, at home, and then at home ashes. Yeah, that the writing's on the wall. Changes need to be made, and it'll start from the top. Yeah, but uh, so, but that's that's all coming up later on in the next World Test Championship. So plenty, yeah. plenty of other cricket to worry about before then. We continue with our World Test Championship special by just going back through the last two years and just having a chat about some of our favourite performances, individual performances that we witnessed uh, throughout the tournament. Um, you know, it's a lot of great cricket was played over the course of the tournament, and plenty more that should have been played if COVID hadn't intervened. So, uh, plenty of fantastic performances that have, have come out. Obviously, we saw the rise of Marnus Labuschagne throughout this tournament after Steve yeah. Smith got injured. Um, you know, we had, uh, you know... Yeah. You've got to thank Archer for that one. <laughs> well, Joffre Archer, he's another guy that came out of the woodwork after the World Test Championship. You know, obviously, we've got Richard Pant's heroics. Yeah. Some massive scores out of guys like Quinton de Kock, um, you know, Kane Williamson and Joe Root both scored double hundreds. Um, but we thought we'd go through some of our favourites. So we'll uh, we'll start with Gary. Gary, what are some of your favourite moments from the the World Test Championship? Uh, probably my one. most favourite moment from this championship would be uh, the, the Hazelwood Cummins Adelaide. Oh, yeah, the destruction in the th- third innings of Adelaide. Yeah, I just... You don't expect to see that. No. No, not, not no, Unfortunately, we were at, at cricket, so we saw it on highlights. <laughs> you don't, yeah, we were actually playing. <laughs> yeah, you don't expect to see that, like that, that quality of team be just absolutely torn apart. Especially considering it was also in the morning as well, where they did the damage when you're expecting a pink ball Adelaide to do its most of its talking at night. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was they were wrapped out. It was a 36 for nine, but. Uh, Shammy obviously broke his arm and was retired, hurt, out. Well, after what twenty overs, you think you think India, you got you bowled India out after twenty overs. Well, that was a game, you know, that India really were in control of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were. Um, <laughs> uh, which was the one that you know we ended up comfortably winning, but uh, it was sort of the. It was an odd foreshadowing, I suppose, for the rest of the series that Australia was so underdone and India were well on top, and it and it took a performance as, as great as Cummins and Hazelwood on that on that uh, was it third morning to yeah. to mm. swing the test to back in our favour and oh uh, yeah, but then it probably swung as much the other way um, when when India won and drew yeah because we were, we were probably quite away on top on those tests they. That's what made that series so watchable. They, <laughs> when it looked like India were going to win, Australia won. And when it looked like Australia were, were going to win, India <laughs> pulled it out. Yeah. But and Hazelwood's figures were what, five for eight? Yeah, something. I think he's the third cheapest five for in cricket history or Australian history, I think, something ridiculous but, like that. Yeah, it was mm. just amazing to watch and, and one of my favourites. And a really great example of bowling in a partnership and just quality seeing bowling and just using the ball, which is yeah. hopefully something that will put us in good stead when we go back over to England again and those two will be a, you know, a little bit older, a little bit wiser and um, can then maybe utilise the Duke ball in a similar way to how the pink kookaburra talks. Yeah. Yeah. And what about your other one? You got um, another... Unfortunately, it was in the same series. Um, at the Gabba, Richard Pant. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the Gabba was uh, 
shut up shop after that. What he did to us. What, 86 was the last time that we lost at the Gabba? So that's... Well, I just... I 30 just... plus years of history where we uh, we held that as our fortress that was impregnable and then yeah, Richard Pant... Yeah. I just... I didn't see it going any other way, to be brutally honest. <laughs> like, but he just... We had... Well, we got this, we got this, we got this. Oh, Pant's come out. Oh, it's gone now. <laughs> it was... It happened <laughs> so quickly. Yeah. It? There's there's only so, uh, one other... One other one that sort of comes to mind with that, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to talk about that one. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I, I think too that the they were missing what half their team and, and they had no Coley and oh, more than like no Coley, no Shammy, no Ishan Sharma. It was India's um, like B at the best. Siraj was out. Siraj was out. Yeah, um, I think Jadeja was out. Like, they played Natarajan as one of their quicks who was there purely as a net bowler. <laughs> and he did a pretty good job, And too. he did a good job. Like, that's how, that's where they were down to. They had to bowl their net bowler who was like, you're not playing, you're a net bowler. Oh, my God, you're playing. <laughs> Hope you're ready. Well, the only we, we need to win this to the, win the series. The wanger guy missed out, though, so <laughs> hopefully next time, next time. <laughs> no, but, yeah. It was um, yeah, well, was yeah, some, some great performances. So, uh, well, obviously, there's some really great bowling in um, in Cummins and in Hazelwood, and then yeah, Richard Punt, yeah, being the guy that um, cracked open the Gabba for, for mm-hmm. opposing team for the first time in thirty plus years. That's it's huge, massive innings. Uh, penetrated the Gabba Yeah. <laughs> let, let all the animals go. <laughs> oh, but even, even you could have gone a bit, bit rough there. But, uh, all right. Even, even though we lost that, <laughs> even though we lost that series, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it was pretty good to watch. Oh, it was a huge, huge series for India. Like um, that cements their their credentials as the best team in the world currently. Mm. I mean that that's. We would expect, as Australians, have we talked about it in this podcast before, we would expect if India brought over their very best team and we had our best team, we would win a series here. That was, that's our expectations. Yes. With our conditions, like we, we, we would assume that India would be comfortable, comfortably underdogs. Yeah. And not only that, India then lost so many players throughout that series mm-hmm. and it came down to winning a game on a pitch where no one's won for 30-plus years Australia's basically at full strength. You know, Warner's a little underdone, but, you know, other than that, we're pretty good. No excuses. Mm. And India... And he didn't uh, look like getting out no. in that inning. And no. then, yeah, and then this side goes and beats Australia at the Gabba, and then Indians everywhere are looking at going, well, this is how good we are as a nation, that we can lose this many of our frontline players and we can still beat the Australians at the Gabba. So yeah, well, clearly we did we did play into their hands a little bit as well. Our tactics were not sound. Oh, you could say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because then that team's gone and and beaten a the, the New Zealand. I mean, been beaten by a New Zealand side. I think the problem was um, we were too confident. We didn't take it serious, but. Mm. No, that's that's a that's another thing altogether. Maybe so. All right, Glenn, how about you? What are some of your uh, right, favourite? I've, I've gone a bit exotic. Uh, I've gone for Kyle Myers uh, playing for the West Indies uh, in a series in Bangladesh in February this year. Uh, on debut, made 200 and... It was over 200, hang on. <laughs> 210, not out. 
uh, in the fourth innings to win a game. That's right. I remember watching this one on YouTube, actually. So yeah. it was 395, I think, they were chasing the fourth yeah. innings. And he three. came in at three for not many, if I remember. Three for 59 he came in. And, yeah, double um, hundred to steer his team home in the fourth how innings. How many were they chasing? 395. 95. Oh, yeah. Well, the so, Indies have got a, got a thing about, you know, 400-plus, yeah. 400-run yeah. chases. They like, love the fourth innings. They <laughs> love snatching it out of the fire. But a, yeah. a double hundred in the last last innings. On debut. In the subcontinent as oh, well. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's like you know that pitch is going to be... Yeah. So this is how the game went. Uh, Bangladesh batted first, got 430. Um, and then West Indies went in in the first innings and got 259. So at that point, you're well on top. Bangladesh have a 170-run lead. Um, and West Indies still have to bat last. So Bangladesh went in and, and went uh, 223 for eight and then declared. Yeah, you'd think 390 would be. Three, 395, that's enough on a fourth innings pitch. And, yeah, they got them only seven down. Did Rakeem Cornwall He faced a, one ball. No, did he get a stack of wickets in that game? Is that the I one think he did. Hang on, let's have a look. He got three for eighty-one in the in the second innings, and in the first innings. Yeah, I think he got a lot of wickets in the first innings. No, <laughs> no, that was, must have been a different game because he only got two. But yeah, he had a reasonable. Yeah, well, it's the start of a very promising career, and he's actually been utilised in the uh, the most recent series. As a bit of an all-rounder, he picked up a couple of wickets against South Africa, so mm. it's a, a very promising future for for Kyle Myers. And um, he's the only problem is they've got a lot of all-rounders. West Indies they don't have a lot of specialist batsmen. Well, I, I think all-rounder might be a bit of a stretch. I think he's a guy mm. that sort of he's a batsman that bowls a bit if they need him to. Yeah. But what the West Indies desperately need is is, is a Steve Smith or a yeah. Kane Williamson or someone like talismanic. Batsman, you know, Brian Lara. Mm. I was thinking more modern players, but someone yeah. that they can just plug into the middle order. You can, you, you know, you can get runs out of. So yeah. I mean, hopefully that uh, Myers turns into that guy, and then they can. Well, he must be able to play spin. I've got to say that much. <laughs> uh, there, there are certainly uh, there's not very many better debuts, I suppose. No. No. Well, Devin Conway also got a double hundred on debut, opening the batting. Yeah, so that's so, two just in this year. That uh, have opened up with double hundred, so it's a, it's a pretty good way to start your career. You can well, to be honest, it's only really down from there, isn't it? Yep. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting an upward spike. <laughs> an upward spike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, what about your uh, what about your oh, second? My other one, and uh, we we've kind of been in the doldrums a little bit with our our picks, but you've got to pick the best, don't you? You don't have to. You've got to vote with your head, not your heart. So uh, I've gone with Stokes at Headingley. It was definitely the most engaging. Uh, so he's 130 to win the game. No. Yes, to win the game. That's right. Yes, that's what happens. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yes, yes. I had blocked it out a bit there. Still twitch sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and against all odds, really, we all remember Jack Leash coming in and and getting a one, the greatest one of all time. Um, 
And, and when the Leech came to the, the pitch, they still needed... 76 or something? Yeah, they still needed weekend. 76 runs. It was 9 for 286. And I'm sure Australia were like, okay, this took a bit longer than we thought, but finally... And then Stokes just went nuts. He must have he must have scored 50, you know, 60-odd of that last partnership or something like that. Like, um, we scored... All but seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking there must have been some big buys as yeah. well. Um, well, I, I, the one thing I distinctly remember about that is that he almost like I don't even I think it might have just been a casual like just tipping the bat up for yeah. a second and then that for was it. And, took, and there was almost yeah. no celebration for his hundred at all. It was just yeah. at that point the hundred means absolutely nothing. I still have. Forty odd runs I need to get. Couldn't yeah. give two shits about what about a, what score yeah, I end up on. This yeah. is what I need to do. It I was remember just watching, like, watching that, and you're like, oh no! Yeah, like it was just <laughs> yeah. like it was just walking back to his crease, and he just tips. Like he didn't even lift his arm. He just sort of tipped the bat in his hand, so the the top of the bat was basically resting up near his ears, and then it was just back. Like that was it. There was no. Yeah. Raise of the bat. There was no acknowledging well, the crowd. It was just, yep, cool. It was I'm, almost in the dressing room, and then I've got shit to do, guys. Sorry. Well, I remember his switch hit for six. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, yeah, it was pretty good. I I probably wasn't enjoying it at the time because, like, if you do that in Australia, it's out. You've hit it straight to the guy in yeah. a deep cover, probably sweeping by now, and he's about 20 metres in from the boundary. Yeah. In England, that goes, you know, 10 rows back into some guy who's, who's half cut just celebrating. Um, but, yeah, anyway, you've got to play to your conditions, don't you? So, uh, and it was an amazing... Uh, I'm pretty sure most of the grey hairs that I have at the moment are because of that innings. Well, we, again, we did play... We, we, tactically, we didn't... didn't we played into his hands a little bit. There. Yeah, so like we, we, like, like we alluded it. to when Gary was talking about Richard Punt, they were very two very similar innings in the sense that when they got on top of the bowlers, we just seemed a yeah. little bereft of how to wrestle back momentum from yeah. them. Um, and, and we just, yeah, we, we panicked. And uh, I think it's MS Dhoni who has the uh, saying as a captain, the, the, the team that panics last wins the game. Yeah. And I think we need to take a leaf out of that book. Yeah, and hopefully that's something, you know, Fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So hopefully Justin <laughs> yeah. Langer is now gone. Well, that's that's twice in Yeah, I mean, they year. almost have to rehearse that scenario at training. Yeah. Like, this is this is what's now happening. That this has happened and we need to figure out what is the way that we're going to tackle it when we have that, you know, five, six, seven batsman that's just coming out in yeah. the run chase and just Basically, you, off. you put you put Dave Warner in the, <laughs> in the net and go, <laughs> Davey, go nuts. And we're going to have to try and find a way to contain you. Yeah. Like that's the, I think he's the equivalent player that we have. Of, of that or Maxwell, of maybe. Prowess. Maxwell will probably be the guy. Yeah, if he's there. Oh, you just bring him in from whatever he's doing. <laughs> hey, Max. Come and practice with us. <laughs> he sleeps out mowing the lawn. Come in here, Maxie. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, those are some great, great, um, great examples of yeah. some phenomenal cricket play during the World Test Championship. I especially love the Colin Myers one because, you know, yeah. You know, can't really get more pressure situations than that. Coming in three yeah. for fifty nine, chasing mm-hmm. four hundred to win, and you know, you know the Windies. They haven't had a, tr- a great track record in forever. Yeah, um, they got bundled out for two hundred and something in the first innings, and it's got to be harder, you'd imagine. And then this yeah. guy just comes out and just 
just takes it one ball at a time, and before you know it, he's staring mm. down the barrel of a massive score and steering his nation home. So yeah, and then Ben Stokes obviously was incredibly gripping. It was part of the Ashes, which was the uh, opening tournament for the World Test Championship, and and huge. They um, trying to wrestle back momentum. Australia took the first test. The second test was a draw. There was no Steve Smith in this one. Um, England yeah. really needed to get this to keep the series, you know, series alive. So massive, massive innings for Ben Stokes. All right, as my ones, I'm going to start off with the very first test match of the World Test Championship for the 2019 through to 21 cycle, and that is Steve Smith's twin hundreds that he got. Yeah, um, phenomenal. Like this is his first test match back from the the Sandpaper Gate ban. Um, he's come over to England. He's been booed relentlessly for the entire World Cup. Um, you know, England are bowling very well. Australia were in really horrible straits at uh, that point. I think they were they were nine for not many, and um, Smith ended up batting with line to get them to somewhere. You know, a pass score, and just um, we've used it as our the, the commentary is our promo through some of our podcasts. Ishigua, yeah. you know. Steve Smith is back, um, you know, normal service resumes. Like, this is mm-hmm. a guy that just has such an amazing appetite for runs, and you're just thinking the concern was after this, is he going to come back the same player? Is he, you know, is the time off going to be oh, bad for him? I think him? he came back better. Well, I think he did too. They needed oh, to... he so back. It was like It was like they'd gotten someone who just loves food. Yeah, and he just said... He'd come back with an hunger. You, you can only eat porridge for a year. And then that guy was just like at a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, it, and it was great. And in the second innings, he scored another hundred to um, set up a set up a run chase for England, which we they obviously didn't get, and we bowled them out, and we won the first test one nil in the Ashes. And just what a fantastic start! You know, all this talk about you know English conditions, the Duke ball, you know. Broad and Co. and all those guys been off for a year. There's no way he could come back. And then bang, bang, double hundreds. We'll take the first test. Easy yep. as you like. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing England. Yes, I can hear you in there in the crowd. I don't care. Boom, like you're going to be seeing lots and lots of this. Yeah, wasn't he holding his bat up? Lower score, like in the 73 or something in the. Oh no, I think he got a four. Like the last innings, I think he got oh, a really okay. low score. Before yeah. that, it was 75. Was, yeah. It was his yeah. second lowest score. And the only way they got him out was to knock him out, basically. Yeah, well, he was on, <laughs> what, 60-odd, I think, when yeah. when Archer hit him. And he came back and he was on 91, I think, when he... He looked, he just, he he looked just, like a Muppet. He just you know, got confused with what Chris Wokes was bowling. He's like, I'm going to... Oh, God, I've read that wrong. And it's wrapped him on the pads and he walked off to him and wait for the umpire to <laughs> him out. And he's just gone, ah, damn it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was taking his pads off by the time the... Uh, yeah. Um, and my second one, uh, talking of first, is I'm going to go with the first test upon the resumption after the COVID break. So the first test between England and the West Indies. Yes, we watched this one. And um, I'm going to be talking about, the one I've brought up is um, Jason Holder's 6 for 42 to set up a famous West Indies victory against England in uh, in Southampton. Um, So England all rattled out the first innings for 204. Um, The... 
West Indies end up scoring 318 in their first innings, setting up a 100-run lead or 121 lead. Mm. Um, England then rally, put 300 on the board, setting up a run chase, which was actually powered by fairly strong innings from um, uh, Jermaine Blackwood, a 95 yeah. that he ended up holding out for God, and deserved he looked, 100. He looks so good sometimes. It's just... It's the old West Indies thing where <laughs> two different players come out depending on which day it is. But um, this this innings was set up very much by um, by Jason Holder. Twenty overs, six maidens, six for forty two. England expecting to be fairly you know, you know very strong favourites here, bundled out for just over two hundred. And um, to be fair, it was a bit of a slap around from Don Bess. He got 31 off 44 near the end and uh, that even got them over 200, to be fair. Mm. Um, and then the momentum is all in the West Indies' hand at that point. They're, they've gone, all right, 200, that's nothing. That's a really – we just need, a, just need to not be garbage when we <laughs> go out to bat yeah. and we're – in the ascendancy in this game. And then England bowled very well. They knocked West Indies over for 318, but they got starts there. Brathwaite had a start. Uh, Roston Chase had a start. You know, Dowrich had a start. You know, they, they managed to bat around each other, bat time, mm. get themselves to a, a, you know, a handy lead. And then they just needed to execute with the ball again. And, you know, you take 300 runs bowling a side like England out at home for. So, which set up a, you know, a straightforward, but, you know, that time's uncomfortable run chase. Um, and I just thought it was great. So, the, you know, the West Indies, you know, it was a fairly prominent, you know, fixture in the World Test Championship. You know, the whole World Test Championship had been called off. No one knew where it was going from here. And the West Indies, you know, put their hands up and go, we're coming to England. At that point, were not handling COVID very well. It wasn't like they were going somewhere that was completely safe. So at this point, they're really out Yeah, they made it here. happen. Um, made it happen and ensured that we actually got some cricket and really showed how it could work. And, you know, well done to England and the ECB for setting up um, fantastic infrastructure to make that happen with all of the you know, isolations and yeah. the bubbles that needed to happen. I, but I think was, they really set the, the, the benchmark as well because there was no other sport going on no, at that point. Not at all. It was very eerie, though, because that series we did get to see um, – Stuart Broad get his 500th wicket and James Anderson get his 600th wicket, and there were just there weren't any crowds there, which made the mm. the moment very very eerie. It was yeah, really lackluster. But um, all you could hear was a bit of you know traffic outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, one cameraman going. Yeah, that was basically it. Can't bowl, can't throw. <laughs> but yes, those uh, those are my two uh, two moments that really stood out for me in the World Test Championship. Smith's return uh, to the summit of uh, Test batting, and then Jason Holder leading his country to a uh, an unlikely I, I win. love Holder. Yeah, he's um, just the passion with which he plays, um, and just carrying that team on his shoulders. You can tell that he's really disappointed sometimes when they really get pumped. <laughs> I know. He's like, why he just, am I with he, these idiots? He wears it on his sleeve he a little really bit, does. which is not always a great uh, thing to do as a captain, but in his case, it just always comes off. Well, he's, he's no longer the captain anymore. He's handed the reins over to Craig Brathwaite. Yeah, so I see he's, that. Uh, freed himself up to just go in and do his thing. Yeah. So, yes, that'll do us for our recap of some of our favourite moments of the World Test Championship. 
So wrapping up our World Test Championship episode, we thought we'd talk about the World Test Championship as a concept. Guys, how have we enjoyed the first go at this? I know it's something we've talked about quite a lot since they've well, – well, back in the days when Scotty used to be here, we talked about this a lot. Yep. We liked the idea of the of having these bilateral series actually amount to meaning something in a quantifiable yes. way. How have we enjoyed World Test Championship 1? Uh, yeah, it's I've enjoyed it. Uh, very difficult with the whole sort of COVID-19 thing. Um, going forward, there's a few things I'd change, but um, yeah, other than that. What would you change, Gary? Um, the points. The points? Points are stupid. All right. How would you change the points? I'd make them different. Do Do you have any particular ideas in mind? (laughs) No, not no, not really. I, I, I don't know. You just just don't like the idea of of a series being worth 120 points, whether it's five or two. two, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) Another thing is the the I don't know the lack of sort of continuity. I suppose. Australia got dock points for slow run rates, but England didn't and India didn't, and, and I'm sure yeah. other people didn't, but we did. And I, yeah, well, it cost I'm us not, a I'm, spot in the final. I'm not, I'm not filthy about it. But, oh, I am a little bit. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've got a case. I, it was really glossed over. Nobody mentioned it. Oh, well, because we're not India. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I'd like to see more more test play because it's, it's – it gives something for those nations that sort of really don't have or play many tests. It gives them an excuse to play more. It, it adds relevance to it. Really does to some lowly, um, low-ranked teams playing other low-ranked teams. It gives them some yeah. significance there. They can up their ranking and you know say, okay, you know, we now deserve an England tour or an India tour because we've got ourselves up to number six or five. Um, gives them a bit of a target, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it just yeah, it just brings relevance to to series that yeah. I mean, we we wouldn't have well cared. outside of outside of the well the Australia v India Test series because we like to beat India. It's bragging rights, typically. Yeah. Those two teams are at the pointy end of the, the world test ranking. So if you, you know, if you can knock over India or Australia, you know, you've got to go a fairly long way to saying that you're one of the best sides of the world. So we've always got yeah. a, a emotionally invested in knocking over India. Obviously, emotionally invested in the Ashes because mm. it's the Ashes. But outside of that, really, other than because we're actually just in general emotionally invested in cricket, how emotionally invested are we in the, uh, you know, Australia v Pakistan? You know, uh, you know, even like New Zealand has started to become more relevant as a, in, but we don't we don't play them enough. That's the no. thing. So, you know, all, Australia v Sri Lanka and Australia v the West Indies, we're not really that in. Like, there's no real reason to be, no tangible reason to be it's, invested in those series. Other yeah, than, it's just kind of like uh, the cycle came around. We had to play Sri Lanka here, and we want to play them because oh, we we're enjoying it because we're like. We like cricket, but that's really yeah. it. They don't really mean anything. And I think now that you're playing these sort of series, they're all, you know, they all mm. mean something. And, and there's no more like dead rubbers or anything because all these games no. uh, for points that'll end. And as it was, well, well that's the thing. Though. Over eights went to decide who made the final. So, and we need to, you know, if we just drew one of those matches against New Zealand, for example, we would have been out of the reckoning a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that. There's the fact that the South Africa tour got 
They were cancelled. Yeah. Which was really... Oh, well, yeah. There was nothing we, we could have done that. about it. We had that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we, we usually do do well in, in South Africa. Um, but And South Africa are really struggling at the moment as well. So mm. they were two beginnings from Quinton de Kock away from being beaten by the West Indies. But I mean, to, just to go further into this, this overrate thing, it was... The thing that I I think I've probably whinged about it before, actually, but uh, India and England played just after India had beaten us over here. Yeah, and we also got docked uh, we got docked points for one of the tests where we didn't bowl enough overs. And then in, a, there, in a test that was where there was a result. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Well. It wasn't yeah. a, a draw. There was a and, result in the test. And then they went over there uh, to India where you typically bowl more spinners, and they did. They bowled, you know, um, England picked Leach and Bess in the same side, and and uh, India did. And they, they didn't bowl the allotted amount of overs in one of the days. And they, yeah, so and how, they how is that any different? Like, ours, I think we got docked because we were four overs short. Is that right? I think we bowled 86 when we should have bowled 90, or something like that. There yeah, was, it was, was some minuscule amount of overs that we missed. And I think they missed out by about 12. No, it wasn't that. No, many. There, was a, there was yeah, a game. Yeah. Somebody missed out by it was between yeah. 8 and 12. There was a lot. So and nothing happened. I just don't understand the, the, how they can do something as, <laughs> as extreme as that and then not be consistent with it. Well, just answering some of your queries about the uh, the point system um, and maybe some about your um, overrates. So the World Test Championship has announced for World Test Championship 2 that they are bringing in a different set of points. So let's yeah. see what you think about these. So rather than now the current system being that each series is worth 120 points and then you just divide it up by however many games. So if there's five games, they're worth mm-hmm. you know, one-fifth. If there's yeah. two games, they're worth 60 points for a win. So, for example, there was one series that's um, New Zealand played Sri Lanka and it was a one-all draw yeah. and they ended up with more points out of that series than Australia did by winning, getting two wins and a draw yeah. in the Ashes. We ended up on four less points. We ended on 56 points Yeah, and... New yeah. Zealand ended up on 60, and they only played two tests, and we played five. So, Well, that's not right. Um, yeah. And we so won that, that's to fix that. And, and it gives dead rubbers even more relevance, mm. like we were talking about. So now, rather than having set amount of points for the series, it is uh, points per game. So yeah, 12... points per test. Why, why wasn't it that from the start? I, mean, I think surely. it was a way to not allow teams like England, Australia, India, who play lots more cricket, yeah. to get... Well, to to control the amount of well, you want to incentivize the the other nations to play more cricket, mm. not not the other way around. So it is now twelve points for a win, six points for a tie, four points for a draw, zero points for a loss, and there is a minus one point per over behind you are at the end of the test. Yeah, so over oh, that and that's fine. I haven't got an issue against the the rule. Per over one point per over behind. So if you're six overs behind, you lose, six. You lose half your win. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. It's, well, it's harsh, but I, I get it because you – well, I mean, there's a couple of things to that. You've got to you, – you have to be harsh on it because the, the over rates are not, not good enough. No. And, but you've also got to and, make, and make sure that you're, you're, you're allowing the amount of time uh, – you know, like things like DRS happening. Like, 
I, I don't know how they can have DRS taking so long to come up on the tr- on the track. I'm like, we, yeah. we don't wait that long in Australia. What are they running on them on in in England? Gophers. Go for power. <laughs> they got a Commodore 64 on there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Some, some guy in paint well, just is, drawing it on. That is one of the big things that India initially kicked up a storm about was that the um, broadcasters had to pay for all of it. So they had differing yeah. qualities. And and that's the like reason that. they, they refused to go on, go with the DRS system initially. Initially, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is, it is a steep punishment, especially if you end up quite a few point overs behind. But mm. they figured out that docking the players money doesn't really well. Money's not going to work. Work. Just spend so, their captain. Well, they do that after a certain amount of tests. When? when? When was the last time that happened? Oh, I would have to go back. But it's happened relatively recently. They've, like, there's been plenty of times that if you don't hit your overs this game, yeah. your captain's suspended for the next one. Yeah, it has happened, yeah. yeah it, like, it, it may have happened, but it doesn't happen enough. Like mm-hmm. I watched a, was the England series, and they missed every every test. They over rates were too slow, and nothing happened. And, the, oh, if, if they don't hit him this time, he's going to get – and they didn't hit him. And he didn't. Mm. But there's, I mean, there's just, there's things that um, have like no no reason. There's no reason that that things should be slowed down. For instance, if they call for a DRS, yes, DRS takes forever. But after DRS, you find that there's there's guys running on with with drinks and stuff like that. DRS should not be a drinks break. They have already they yeah. already have drinks breaks. They have. Uh, defined times. Yeah, so like, yeah, the umpire wouldn't normally be allowing you to run drinks out yeah. if it was just if he called if he gave it not out and it was moving on, you wouldn't be able to allow to run a drink out. So yeah. the only time you, the only time that they should be allowed to bring people onto the field for the DRS is if they needed a change of bat or gloves. It's, or it's whatever. the same but, with the concussion. As soon as someone like I understand hitting the guy who's been hit in the head maybe needs to make sure he's hydrated, but. You find that like all the fielding guys that come on and they've got got drinks. It's just yeah, and then they have a picnic for twenty minutes. And, um... <laughs> yeah, moving on to the the, the points. I think this will help uh, tidy things up though for yeah. for that. So you know, I think the the way they're going to work it out now is based on percentage of you know how many points have you got versus how many points are available. That's mm-hmm. how they're going to rank them to help safeguard teams like England, Australia, or India who are going to play a lot more tests than you know. New Zealand are the defending champions. They're playing, I think, 10 less tests yeah. than England in the World Test Championship yeah, too. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think it's a way of safeguarding that. And um, So so I think that's, that's a, it's a good way to start. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, Glenn, that we'd like to see bonus points for away victories Yeah. Um, to help encourage teams to be more successful overseas because there's yeah. not too many. Which they haven't uh, haven't done. It's just it's, it's pure series. Pure, yeah. The thing is, in this one, I, I can see that the incentive is to um, have longer test series at home. So well, the same rules apply. You still need to play three homes. The only three home and three away series are eligible for yeah. You can't just load up on home series. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is the, have the, long the, the powers that be, the, the card-carrying nations, will have short Short away tours and long home tours. Well, with that, that might be the case in the future if these um, if these are the rules that they stick by. But these tours yeah. were locked in place yeah. before 
like okay. well before, like three or four years so ago. So there's, there's no chance of manipulating. No. Right. So these the T-Stores were locked into the Future Tours program, I think, in 2018. So yep. they didn't have the ability to then go, let's have, we'll have a four-test series at home and another four-test series at home mm. and then another four-test series at home. But when we go away, we'll have a two or two and a two. Yeah. Like to rig the, that I sort suppose of that's, that's now pretty fair. As long as you've got the same amount at home as, as away. I don't know if the, the amount is the same, but what I'm saying is they haven't they haven't made the, the, the tours haven't been put together based yeah. on what the point system is going to be. These mm. tours were locked in place before we actually started the World Test Championship yeah. one. So Well, I think why not just make it a bonus point? You feel better. I guarantee you if, if we go to India and win there, that's got to be the biggest win that we've had in the recent times. I think that team would deserve. Yeah, maybe like a, a five bonus points. Five, if you not a t- yeah. per test, but if you win an away series, you get. Yeah. You get so say it's a three test series. You get you win three nil. You get thirty six points for the win plus five for winning the series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something and, like that. And the, the, the India beating us at home, they felt way more satisfied about that than they would beating us at the home. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's a way. Uh, yeah, incentivizing away performances is uh, something that I think they need to look at in well test championships three and four and so on. I mean, especially cricket being very uh, probably the game that in the world that's the most um, affected by home or away conditions. Mm. You know, they've got all the, all sorts of home and away um, rules in the FA Cup. Or the Premier, well, not the Premier League, but you know those cup um, competitions in in England. Um, you know away goals are worth more, um, and and they're essentially playing on the same pitch. Mm. It's, it's the same width, it's the same mm. length. It's just a big square. It's a bit of grass. Whereas where cricket, yeah. yeah, differs quite a lot. Obviously, when you're looking at England versus India, in yeah. terms of the conditions that you face. Um, moving forward for me, things that I'd like to see yeah. change before we go around in circles too much is um, I'd like to see them implement a control ball, whereas where the tournament is played using the same ball. Being yeah. a Dukes, I'd say a Duke, it should be. Um, but they, I, everyone, yeah, I've, for I've a World Test Championship game, everyone plays with Dukes. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, this summer we would play Afghanistan with a kookaburra but we yeah. would play the Ashes with a Duke ball because Afghanistan's not a World Test Championship match, but the Ashes are. Oh, really? It's not a World Test Championship? Well, Afghanistan's not in the World Test Championship. No. It's only the top nine teams. Oh, right. So, yeah, so we would play any game that wasn't with a – wasn't taking part. Like the England versus New Zealand games um, in New Zealand, mm-hmm. that was a catch-up for a tour that didn't take place somewhere else. They weren't included in – the yeah. World Test Championship. I suppose Afghanistan don't play enough tests. Mm. So, yeah, any test any any test that is a World Test Championship game should be played with the same ball. And yeah. I know people are like, oh, you've got to lose different conditions, and that's how test cricket is. I, underst- I fully understand, uh, but I think that's where you're the playing conditions. So your pitches, your crowd, your, your, your ground size, or atmospheric conditions, all of that helps give you, tosses up your, your differences. Mm. But it should just be, you know, at the end of the World Test Championship, James Anderson took blah blah amount of wickets using a Duke ball, and Ishan Sharma took blah blah wickets using a Duke ball. Mm. And the difference and being I, is I that I think it evens up the contest a little bit. They're all playing with these 
it's just a way. It, it's just a way of also just a controlling of statistics. Like James Anderson and Stuart, like this helps England out. Like those guys will, won't do anything with a kookaburra. No one does anything with a kookaburra. Yeah. You know, Trent Bolton Southie swung the ball around corners in England, and they barely got a kookaburra to move. Like the, the yeah. kookaburra is just not a good ball for swing bowling. For swing ball, or even or ent- entertaining cricket from a bowling perspective, it's yeah. you end up racking up big scores as a batsman in Australia if you get on top of it. And I just think that way everyone's got the same ball. You go over to India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, all those places. Everyone uses the Duke ball, and then you and if it's a World Test Championship game. Well, maybe it's time for us to um, start using a Duke ball. No, I like the I like having a, a difference in dynamic when they're not a World Test Championship game. Uh, well, you know, your one day is and, and things like that. But um, it adds a little bit of intrigue. Like it, normally, if it wasn't for the World Test Championship, I'd say stuff it, keep the kookaburra. That's what we've got. You guys, England, need to learn how to swing the kookaburra. If you want your swing bowlers, swing that. But for for a, a, a world test championship perspective, <laughs> they probably say, "Oh, we'll get us some sandpaper." <laughs> <laughs> but from a world test championship perspective, I think it makes more sense that everyone should be using the same ish equipment. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it certainly advantages Australia having a kookaburra because our plat bowlers aren't swing bowlers. We like using pace and bounce, and it suits us down to the ground. I think you bringing in Juki would actually disadvantage Australia, like, you know, Australia in terms of playing teams like New Zealand, like England, um, probably like India. Um, I've been using it for years. Um, I don't think our board would agree to it. <laughs> I think we, we like the advantage that we have. Oh, I don't. Well, it's the thing. It's the ICC. The ICC should be these are the rules um, mm. and move yeah. forward. And the other thing we've talked about... Um, the thing I'd like to see is not so much as the World Test Championship, but actually um, is the underneath it. I'd like to see Ireland and Afghanistan and Zimbabwe and those nations that aren't in the oh, World Test yeah. Championship like a a going for a two-tier yeah. system. And then yeah. you finish in the bottom of the, the World Test Championship, you're then relegated and then... Yeah, um, earn that ninth spot. And then you know, the other team then comes up, and which I think would be really advantageous for a side like Afghanistan, which I think uh, they've got oh, some Ireland. really... Ireland, not so, like, I, I think Ireland have probably missed the boat. Their golden generation of cricketers uh, were too old by the time they got around to finally getting test status. So I think that they're, they're, they're a good young team, but I think that, like, Boyd Rankin and... Um, the O'Brien brothers and no. Timmy Murtar and Sterling, Sterling. Oh, not so much Sterling Porterfield. That that they're sort of right at the end of their careers. Yeah. If they got probably five years before that, I reckon Ireland made a. They would have. I reckon they would have kept England honest in a few tests over there with those conditions. Tim Murtagh. Um, but I think yeah, <laughs> they're probably. Champ. They've probably got to retool themselves for a, for another go at well, really. Well, if there's something something in it for them other than sort of pride, they might, they yeah. might just do so. Absolutely, uh, but I think Afghanistan. Well, they've already got a, an away win against Bangladesh. They've won yeah. a, against a well-established Test nation. Um, they've got like Rashid Khan. They've got a, a number of young, exciting batsmen in their in their ranks that uh, just need a bit of season. I really enjoy watching watching them when they come. The World Cup as well. Yeah, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. So, uh, and a little young talent. Um, so, I think they're the team that would um, make the most serious tilt at and cracking it, the top and nine. It gives and then, your, your sort of it gives ranking you, of seven, eight, and nine, it gives them some incentive to, to be like, 
We've got to pull our finger out here. And you or could, we're going to get. You could do it the other way. If they wanted to schedule another game, you could have a playoff. You could add three more, two more games. You could have um, eight and nine playoff for relegation, and then you yeah. could have ten and eleven playoff to be the team that gets put up, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So, say for example, Zimbabwe finishes ten. Um. Uh. They'd probably, Afghanistan, they'd probably take that. Afghanistan right finishes 11th, and then you have Bangladesh and Sri Lanka finish 9 and and 8th. They, you yeah. know, Bangladesh plays Sri Lanka, the winner stays in the World Test Championship, the loser drops down, and then Zimbabwe yeah. plays Afghanistan, the winner of that moves in. Obviously, there'll be big things around that going, you know, it's there's obviously of, financial disadvantages of not being in that and boards yeah, aren't going to want to do that sort of thing. You're kicking a, a and team then, who's struggling while they're down a little bit. Like, there's also Lanka. the thing that if there ever is a horrible run and then Australia falls out of, say, you know, they tumble down the rankings and they fall out, does that mean then we don't ever get to play England in the Ashes because England aren't going to want to schedule five test matches against a, a nation that well, a nation that doesn't count to the awards, the World Test Championship. So I think adding to that too, I would also put in that um, all of the top um, nine nations are required to play the bottom tier nations in at least one series per cycle. That doesn't count towards your, your standings, but it's a requirement that you play your three home and your three away. Yeah. And then you have to play at least one series versus an Afghanistan, a Zimbabwe, an Ireland, yeah, what have you. Even if it's a single test, oh, ideally no, it has to be at least two. Ideally, at least two, but let's not get yeah. greedy. Like they've got to schedule in so much other stuff. But I think yeah. there should be a requirement that in once in two years, everyone should be able to schedule in at least, you know, yeah. two weeks to be able to play. So they can feel like. What it's what it requires to play against the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a good idea. We should we should run cricket. Well, I know. We I could we could sort it out at this table. Oh, here. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be awesome at it. <laughs> no, because we're we're that oh, what's that word? Really bloody biased, Aaron. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm not that biased. I didn't pick. As a fan, I'd be biased, but if I was my paid to look after the game of cricket, my only bias would be to the game of cricket, To the, Gary. To the game. Oh, <laughs> For the love of the game. You will be the Max Mosley of cricket, sir. <laughs> <laughs> they could call us the Knights of the Hexagonal Table. Yeah. <laughs> That'll weed or nothing, Glenn. I like it. I like it. Okay, that will bring our World Test Championship special to a close. Um, we hope that you've really enjoyed the World Test Championship. I know that it's had some it's had some speed bumps on its first journey with COVID and you know teams not being able to play the full allotment and you know a questionable scoring system, but you cannot deny that it has produced some astonishing cricket over the last two years. Um, so I hope you're all ready for early August because England and India will be setting off World Test Championship 2. Um, so it'll start with a five-test series there. <laughs> 2.0. This time. That's what it's, it's been personal. called. It's WTC2 is how it's been put in all of the <laughs> social media. So uh, I like it. That'll be a great series. I think England's batting is very vulnerable. So in, India in prime position I to get another, too. another away series win. Yeah. So I hope you're all really excited for that. Hope you've enjoyed our uh, our ramblings about the World Test Championship. We're looking forward yeah. to doing it all again this time in two years when we talk about 
how the second one's gone. And hopefully, with the, the baggy green being held aloft at the end of it, taking yeah. the mace home from those Kiwis, keeping yeah. it warm for us. Did oh. you see that uh, post from Jim? Sorry, final thing. I know my timing's bad. That post from Jimmy Nisham. Yes. Was like, how do you drink beer out of a mace? <laughs> <laughs> he's, love he's always on point his twitter game is rock solid yeah okay right. that'll do us for tonight guys hope you've enjoyed it um we'll be back next week with more cricketing awesomeness and until then bye for now bye guys thanks guys bye over sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.